Thanks for downloading this podcast from RNIB Connect Radio. As we approach the end of 2016, I thought we would get back in touch with uh, one of the charities we regularly feature here on RNIB Connect Radio, Fight for Sight uh, fundraises and then gives grants to research into all types of sight loss. This money, though, can run into the millions of pounds each year. Dr Dolores Conroy is with us now and we're going to find out a little bit about uh, the grants themselves and well, some of the research breakthroughs and highlights that that money has helped so far. Dolores, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Now, millions of pounds a year is given out in grants. What kind of numbers are we talking here? Yeah, Phytrocyte actually give about three to four million pounds each year for new research projects. And we are the largest charity in the UK funding research into eye diseases. And this amount of funding is really, really important. But we know it's not enough because each year we turn away many really worthwhile applications due to lack of funding. We use the three to four million to run different funding schemes. We're interested in funding early stage researchers, you know, young graduates who have done their degree and that they're interested in working in vision science. This is really to develop the next generation of vision researchers, which we know we need to keep people interested in vision research. So we do PhD studentships and hopefully these students will go on and continue their careers in eye research. So we do a mixture of grants, PhDs, project grants, other awards targeted at postdoctoral fellows who want to gain independence in the research environment. But, you know, all in all, we're looking at the big diseases like AMD, glaucoma, inherited retinal diseases, but some of the rarer childhood eye diseases like amniopia, retinoblastoma, and other conditions like that. So... We run a competition and all our grants that we get are externally peer-reviewed to ensure that they're world-class and we have internal and external panels that look at them and we pick the best applications to fund each year. The demands are, are huge with the applications that you receive each year but when we're talking clinical research you're looking at years down the line, years worth of research and years worth of funding possibly. Absolutely. I mean, I think where Phytrocyte tend to fund research is in like very early discovery research because we know that we need to be able to develop that pipeline of new drugs that are going to be taken up by pharma and that will eventually enter the clinic. And as you say, the cost of doing clinical trials is hugely expensive. A clinical trial can be anything about two to five million pounds. Well, you know, we can't you know, afford to put all our money into one project. So that's why we like to be able to spread it across many different diseases. And that way, you know, we feel that we will have some success. Uh, One of our very exciting achievements is for a number of years, we've been funding research into choroideremia. This is preclinical research, trying to understand about a faulty gene. And that funding was really thanks to a family called the Tommy Salisbury Croideremia Fund, which I've spoken about on numerous occasions. And with that funding, that was enough to be able to develop the preclinical model and then to take that into clinical trials. So now with funding from the MRC and the Department of Health, they have done a phase one clinical trial in patients, in six patients with croideremia. And the results looked like that it's very successful. And this year, they have started a phase two clinical trial funded by the National Institute of Health Research, and that includes 30 patients. So this is usually exciting because we're seeing the translation from the bench to the bedside. So that is, you know, one example how of funding very early 
basic laboratory research can lead to the development of a new treatment. One of our other successes this year is the development of um, a new test to detect glaucoma at its earlier stages. You know, we know that glaucoma is the thief of sight. A lot of people have glaucoma but don't actually know, and when they actually find out that they have glaucoma, it is too late because when we lose those cells at the back of the eye, we cannot rejuvenate them. So it's actually looking at the scan parts of patients, and it's done by um, eye-tracking devices. And what they've noticed is that there's a very clear scan path for people with glaucoma compared to people who do not have glaucoma. This could lead to the development of a test that will be able to detect glaucoma at its earlier stages. So the researchers are requesting more funding to take it to the next stage. What they would like to be able to do is to develop an app for an iPad or an iPhone that people can do in their own homes, and it would give you an indication with having a different scan path, which may be indicative of early stages of glaucoma. And the other condition I'd like to talk about is retinitis pigmentosa. affects about 25,000 people in the UK. And over the years, Vitrosite have, have put a lot of funding into RP program, mainly looking at understanding the genetics of these diseases, because we know if we understand the genes, we will be better able to understand the biology of the disease and develop treatments. So for retinitis pigmentosa, we've been working with Professor Graham Black at the University of Manchester, and with him, we have now funded a program that is leading to the best model of care for patients with RP, and that's looking at a molecular diagnosis, giving people a genetic diagnosis, the value of genetic counseling, and how all that ties together to help people with RP. So one of the successes of that program is that Professor Black has developed a genetic test. It's based on new technology called next generation sequencing, where they can run a test of 180 different genes in parallel. So it would be much easier, much quicker to pick up genetic faults in patients with RP. So that, of course, is really exciting, and it's you know actually having a huge patient benefit. And now we're working with RP Fighting Blindness to take that program further to give a genetic diagnosis to a lot more people in the UK and also to set up a database so that if uh, new treatments do become available, we will be able to get those patients into clinical trials. Some great examples of the research, Dolores, which is funded by Fight for Sight. But you know that money which is given out in grants has to be raised, it has to be fundraised. So perhaps you can give us a couple of examples of some of the ways you do that. Yeah, you're right. We have to raise funds. We are dependent on funding from the public. And we have a very active fundraising program. We try and engage as many people as possible in our events. We invite people to do things like the London Marathon, any sort of challenge like the Vitality 10K. We also have supporters who do their own like golf days. We get support from Weektown Book Festival. They choose us as their charity of the year and they raise funds for us. We have a family who have a girl called Matilda who has corneal dystrophy. And this Christmas she is making Christmas puddings and raising funds for Fight for Sight. So I've seen lots of Christmas puddings floating around the office in the last few days. And people tell me that they're absolutely fantastic. She made them last year. So all the proceeds of those Christmas puddings go to Fight for Sight. So, you know, people are very inventive about how they raise funds. 
And, you know, fight for sight also depend heavily on legacy income for funding research. In some years, about 30% of our income actually comes from legacy. So, you know, we're very grateful for all of those people who leave us funds in their wills to do research. Dolores, some fantastic and innovative ways there. I know you did a Dine in the Dark as well. There seems to be quite a food theme going on with some of your fundraising, I have to say. Um, so, some, some great work. And no doubt we'll catch up with you again in uh, 2017. And we'll be highlighting more of the fundraising and more of the fantastic work which is funded by Fight for Sight. But in the meantime, if people would like to find out more about the charity, how can they do that? We'd be very happy to speak to you by phone. So you can call us on 0207 or you can look on our website to look for any events that you'd like to raise, to be involved in and raise funds or to find out more about our research. And you can find that at www.fightforsight.org.uk. Dolores, pleasure as always speaking with you. Have a great Christmas and a fantastic new year. And thank you for speaking with us on RNIB Connect Radio. Thank you very much and a happy Christmas to you too. For more downloads like these, visit rnibconnectradio.org.uk slash podcasts.